DiscerningHearts.com presents St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation, with Father Donald Haggerty. Father Haggerty is a priest of the Archdiocese of New York who serves at St. Patrick's Cathedral. He taught moral theology and worked as a spiritual director in seminaries for 20 years. He has directed numerous yearly retreats for the Missionaries of Charity. He is the author of Contemplative Provocations, The Contemplative Hunger, Conversion, Contemplative Enigmas, and St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation, the book on which this series is based. St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation, with Father Donald Haggerty. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Haggerty. Thank you, Chris. Good to be here. So good to have the opportunity to discuss with you St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation. I've said it again repeatedly in our conversations. I just think it's such an incredible work to be able to bring forth the teachings of St. John of the Cross. I think it's, as we've said before, people are a little intimidated by him. Yes, they're intimidated, but I think once you get to know him, People might have been intimidated the first time they were going to see Mother Teresa and then found yourself 15 seconds later melting in her presence, or they were intimidated by Pope John the Paul II, you know, to get close to him. And then we find, you know, these people have their, their clear drawing impact, and it's the impact of love. And John of the Cross, his writings, if we delve into them, and if we take perhaps a work, too, that can, can help them along, it's good to be reminded what we said before, you know, Teresa of Lisieux, you know, without, she had not finished a high school education. We know very, very smart person and, you know, brilliant person. But when she read John of the Cross, she said she could not put him down between the years of 19 and 21. That's a young age. And she soaked in him you know, in his writings. And so I think any, anyone who, you know, begins to delve in him is going to find themselves affected, changed. And then if we are looking for, especially the question of growing in prayer, he's, he's essential as a teacher there. Well, it's really becoming aware of the ever presence, as it were, of God that in allowing the silence of prayer to happen, we open ourselves up to the opportunity, don't we, of allowing God to do whatever he's going to do or be however he is going to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, much of this question too, you know, we're human beings and we're accustomed in our lives to be living aware of the exterior aspects of life. What, what I mean by that is our actions, our behavior, our conversations, all the things that we live as a person engaging the outside world. And what uh, John of the Cross and what actually saints what Jesus Christ is teaching us in the gospel, there is a world in a sense, there is a great reality of the interior life of the human person. And this interior life has great depths potentially and can be filled with God if a person is receptive and generous, you know, self-sacrificing. If we're willing to lose ourselves. that doesn't leave us in a vacancy or a vacuum 
we begin to see that this interior life begins to be permeated more by a real presence, the presence of God. And, you know, for interior life to come alive in this manner, that's really what's, what a St. John of the Cross is teaching. What happens as the interior life gains in a deeper reality and is no longer just buried underneath the surface, untapped in its potential for the presence of God. Chapter 14 of St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation. It's entitled Wounds of Love, Branding Marks of Contemplation. And that's an area in which, again, many of us, we're, I want to say fearful of, only because fear comes oftentimes from the unknown. And knowing how to deal, as you would put it, that contemplative paradox of darkness, that it seems as though God isn't there. Where are you, God? What's happening? But yet, and you need the reassurance that he is, but it, you may not feel it in a way that you're accustomed to feeling things. Well, that's part of the discussion, you know, and oftentimes even in St. John of the Cross, to return to that phrase, you know, the wounds of love, you know, even in human life without the question of God, you know, it's the nature of love to wound us in a, in a very beautiful way, this longing for love and to give love once one has realized being loved by another. And there's a wounding, a beautiful wounding in this, you know, that the heart is taken captive, you know, by a wound of love. And, you know, the reality of God is that he is such a transcendent mystery, even as he is so personal, that if we do get caught up in God, you know, and get taken captive by a desire for God in our lives, there is a, you know, what you might say, a wound of love for this one who was wounded in love for us. Part of that reality, too, of the wound of love that, you know, is a beautiful phrase used by John of the Cross. It's also a Carthusian phrase that they love. And we're wounded in love when we look upon Jesus at the cross. We should be wounded in love, gazing on Mary, his mother, at the foot of the cross. Most of us have had the experience of maybe at a hospital bed, maybe somebody in our family who was very sick or injured or is suffering at this time, we become wounded by love, wounded in love for them. And this is part of also the deeper reality of prayer, that the longing for him deepens as God is stretching our soul, in a sense, more fully into his transcendent mystery. It's interesting, you know, when you think of the nature of what it is to love, that all I can think about when I had my first child, that it was such an unexpected experience of just sheer love, that it brings about a joy, but it also brings about you've been changed. And it almost in some ways hurts because now the concerns or the, the longing to always be in that presence, to take care of it, to nurture it. I mean, it, it makes certain demands of the heart, not just the physicality, but the actual, the commitment. It encompasses so much, doesn't it? Well, that would be, you know, a good description, Chris, of the nature of love that it does depending on the you know, strength of love, that it tears a person out of self. 
we are drawn, you know, to the one we love. A child has your life experience, you know, if you are married in that love for your spouse, for all of us, the possibility does exist that if we, you know, spend enough time really looking at our Lord and allowing him to attract us and draw us, that he will give us that experience too, of being torn out of self in love for him. You know, it, it does strike me that you will never find a saint, you know, whether they lived in a cloister, in a monastery, in a quiet life, or whether they were in the world. And you'll never find a saint who did not have a very kind of driven desire to actively give of themselves to others because it's the nature of love. They're wounded in love and they, they have this effect on that is to be reaching beyond self to want to give. And it's not just, we, we, you know, we commonly hear, let, let us be charitable, let us not judge, let us be good to others, let us be generous. But the real reality of a greater life of prayer is a dynamic, compelling need, you know, a hunger and need to give then. And that's the nature of love. To love is to give. And to give oneself, you know, as, as fully as possible without thinking about it, just as part of the, in a sense, ordinary dynamic then of a life to get caught up in God. God himself is the great giver. He is the creator. He's giving every day new life, you know, new things to us. And God is himself an infinite display of the self-gift. Boy, it comes down to you just have to love, give, and expect nothing. Because it almost seems as if on one hand, you're expecting admiration or to receive some type of thing back, something back from whatever you've given to, that's a problem. Or if on the other side, you love, give, and then you expect, well, I'm going to do it, but this is going to be painful and hurt. And, oh, you know, they're going to, they're going to wound me somehow. That's a problem too, because those are, the self is so involved in those two possibilities, but to be able to love, give, and expect nothing. That's yeah. huge, isn't it? That's a huge thing. Yeah, you're correct, of course. And, and to give and just move on to keep moving you know, in, in the direction of the, of the day, the next hour. And as you said, not looking for return, which again, Jesus will say in the gospel, you know, give without expecting return. That's a phrase in the Sermon on the Mount. And if we say, well, that's impossible, or is that so difficult? It may not have been difficult when people, it's not difficult, perhaps, if we, if we love, there's a great satisfaction in the giving itself. And there, we all have that experience too, that we don't need to sit back and receive. The giving itself is a, a rewarding reality. The losing of oneself in a self-forgetful way is a beautiful reality. It's interesting too, just as a kind of footnote on that, many of the aberrant behaviors of human beings, you know, uh, when they are escaping, okay, drugs or alcohol, or these things to escape, you know, in excessive ways, any drugs and, or in sexual ways, you know, in the promiscuity of escaping through pleasure in this way, 
they really are perverse expressions of the authentic desire of the human person to lose ourselves, not to escape, but to lose ourselves in a giving away of the self. And that's a very satisfying you know, reality when it's done for God, to God, offered to God. And he does have his way then of showing his presence. He draws, he, he animates and energizes, you know, the soul to, to greater self-giving. You know, the more we give, the more he increases the capacity for giving. And this is true in the interior life. And then it overflows into the life exteriorly. I mean, Mother Teresa was, a, I saw her more than any other, I can read about other saints, but I saw Mother Teresa. And that was very much a reality, a living reality in her. The more she gave, the more she wanted to give. I remember uh, being told in Calcutta that, I'm not sure that you, you know, your listeners are, are aware, but Mother Teresa's first big work was their home for the dying, which mm-hmm. she opened in 1952, and where people literally died, you know, over the years there, you know, beggars off the streets and people with TB. And, and Mother Teresa loved that work. But when she was in her 80s, Mother Teresa made a point, she wanted to go to Caligat every Sunday. And that wasn't, you know, and she did work, common work of, you know, that the sisters would do there. And with her busy life, and but she always wanted to go on Sunday every week. And you wouldn't say, I'm sure that was not, okay, I want to do this, you know, dedicated, I want to oblige myself in some manner to this and keep up that discipline. I think Mother Teresa went there because she loved, she loved that work. And she loved the self-giving of that work. She loved to be around, you know, the fruitfulness of the spiritual fruitfulness of this care for the dying, preparing people, you know, to cross the threshold into eternal life. So the reality of these things is also, if if we're generous in prayer, giving our time, but also in our spirit of generosity, our surrender to God, that is never without a response from God also. We'll return to St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation with Father Donald Haggerty in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, 
prayers, and more, go to DiscerningHearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. The Living Flame of Love by St. John of the Cross O living flame of love that tenderly wounds my soul in its deepest center, since now you are not oppressive, now consummate, if it be your will, tear through the veil of this sweet encounter. O sweet cauterie, O delightful wound, O gentle hand, O delicate touch that tastes of eternal life and pays every debt, in killing you changed death to life. O lamps of fire, in whose splendors the deep caverns of feeling, once obscure and blind, now give forth so rarely, so exquisitely, both warmth and light to their beloved. How gently and lovingly you wake in my heart, where in secret you dwell alone. And in your sweet breathing, filled with good and glory, how tenderly you swell my heart with love. We now return to St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation, with Father Donald Haggerty. Yeah, I think you summed that up really beautifully in the book where you say that sometimes the hidden presence of God is stronger in the silence of prayer. Other times it is met outside prayer in the sudden opportunity for sacrifice or in the disguised face of Jesus hiding in a poor person. Yeah, that's a, uh, I would agree with that. <laughs> I wrote it. But I think that's also a, a part of living a good spiritual life and living the interior life, you know, is to be more sensitive to God's quiet approaches to us. And I, I see that, you know, I live in a city, New York City, and I, I, I see that often enough. You know, there are a number of homeless people that I know now because I see them, you know, frequently, you know, get to know them a little bit. Some of them are mentally, you know, a little bit, you know, they're off the rails. They're known. They know me now and I know them and they pop up at times in the most you know, unusual ways. I see them in a subway or I see them here. I see them there. You know, that's just one example where God is providentially showing his presence. He wants us, you know, not to live our life just as though, okay, the the rule book of charity is there and let us try to live, you know, the requirements of a charitable living in our lives. He wants us to really live in contact with him, to carry him as we go into a day. If we do go to mass, which would be good to do every day, if we receive communion to carry him then into the day with, in all that we do and to bring him to others, literally in what we do. Prayer is what is the beginning, the overflow of that. Mm. Well, if the soul is desiring to advance in that contemplation, to grow in prayer, in that relationship with God, then it really does demand that suffering of what it is to love. I mean, as you, you describe it, it's that renouncing, the self-emptying, to make room in your interior life for God. I mean, there's no place for sin in there. That just takes up space where he could be present. Letting go of those sins, I mean, that can be 
or those disordered wants or desires that we feel we need that doesn't allow that space for him, does it? Well, that's, you know, again, an important teaching of St. John of the Cross. And, you know, as we talked about in earlier conversations, there is no greater contemplative transition and grace in our lives. There's no growing in these deeper relations with God in contemplative prayer, unless we are also doing on our part, you know, a certain work, the exercise of giving up, giving space, you know, to God, as you said, said just now. And the question of sin, you know, yes, that's a, the big thing is not to be complacent about sin. You know, we all have our human nature and we struggle, we all have our pride and we all will have our irritations and we're contradicted by life itself, it's bruised at times by just going through a day, but to not be complacent, you know, so that we, we don't say to ourselves, well, that's me, that's my temperament, that's the way I am, that's it. No, not to be complacent, to struggle with these things. I mean, John of the Cross, in effect, is saying, let us not have fully deliberate, indulged, venial sins. We were just giving vent, you know, to our, perhaps our anger or words that we just allow to fly out of our self, you know, in ways that might hurt others. But there are, you know, many moments of half deliberate, weak moments of sin, you know, and irritations, for instance, or quick thoughts, you know, that are not healthy thoughts. And so, yes, to, to, to try to have a, an effort to be more open to allowing God to be present to move us. You know, John of the Cross has an interesting comment on that too, that he says, even things that are not deliberate venial sins, if we are attached to things that, you know, really we should be letting go of more, could be attached to these, to the cell phone or to the smartphone or whatever we're doing with, you know, dis distracting thing. If we're too attached to things and the will is really caught up with them, that can do, in a sense, more, it does more harm to the opening to God than the individual moment, let's say a moment of anger where a person's very regretful right away, says sorry, says a prayer for that person afterwards, then it's gone, it's released. But the attachments that weigh down the will, that's going to affect the life of prayer because the longing that is meant to be receptive to God's longing for us gets blocked then more. You know, there's a line that I've just had to sit and really ponder. I've had to really bring this one because I, I want to, to grasp it fully. And it's the one where you say the martyrdom in contemplation, if that's not too strong an expression, is due largely to a deeper encounter over time with the beloved's concealment. The martyrdom in contemplation is due to the deeper encounter over time with the beloved, God's concealment. That's very powerful, Father. Well, it's a strong phrase, um, you know, martyrdom. But, you know, the, the expression there, martyrdom is to die for love and to die out of love for our Lord. And the reality of if a person is in love with God, which is the whole context of St. John of the Cross's writings and all these saints would have been people who were in love with God. It's an expression Mother Teresa 
you know, liked very much. To be in love with God, she was using that phrase, you know, in her 70s as an older person. And to be in love with God and not to have that kind of comforting time with the one whom you love, to always be, in a sense, and for a lifetime in a desirous search for him, to not that he is, you know, gone or absent, but he's unreachable. And, you know, we can have even very close times or moments with him in prayer, and yet it doesn't give us a possession of God. We don't take a grasp of him. Uh, he doesn't overwhelm us with mystical experiences. We are ordinary people, and the life of a contemplative life, you know, growing with God doesn't just plunge into darkness, but it always faces this, this you know, tension of not being, um, not arriving at the destination, which is God. And if you love much, that's a painful thing, that we don't arrive at our destination. And it's not just, okay, we have to wait till the next life for the beatific vision. People who love want that immediate they want the immediacy of the, the beloved present and the nature of love for God and God's love for us. He's stretching us, it seems, you know, all the time, always one more step, always another leaning out toward him, more on this journey and pilgrimage, you know, through a desert at times in which he's always awaiting us at a further distance. You've been listening to St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation, with Father Donald Haggerty. This series is based on the book, St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation, published by Ignatius Press. Visit Ignatius.com to obtain a copy, or you can find it at any fine Catholic bookstore. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit DiscerningHearts.com or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation with Father Donald Haggerty.